Hello, and welcome to a special edition of our Coffee and Conversation podcast. I'm Jeff Harris, County and District Superintendent of Schools in Del Norte County Unified School District and Del Norte County Office of Education. So um, today, we want to have a conversation with Ryan Botten. And those of you who know Ryan, uh, he is phenomenal at what he does. He's got an incredible staff of folks that, that help him out with all the technology that is deployed throughout the district. Uh, both hardware and software. Ryan is our director of information and network services, and um, nicely done. Yeah, th- thank you, Ryan. It's it's only taken seven months. Um, so you know, we kind of want to start talking today with distance learning. Um, tech has been front and center. That that is probably the crux of everything that happens. Whether it's a teacher, whether it's a student, how do parents engage? Um, so let's just kind of recap a little bit. We we started off early during the, the year this year by getting some computers out to kids. We were a little bit shy on the computers. What What's the status of computers for students at this point? Well, unfortunately, we're still a little bit shy. Um, you know, we, we've talked about it quite a few times and there isn't an elegant solution here, unfortunately. Um, I've got orders in with half a dozen different vendors, um, continuing to work with many of them and really just asking for... At this point, whatever they can get me, I want because I want it now um, as soon as possible. Unfortunately, that as soon as possible is still a couple of weeks out, best case. So um, we are still short. We're aware of it. We're still trying to pull through every little corner and nook and crevice that we can find. Um, if there's a site that maybe has an older set of something that we might be able to to clean up a little bit and get back out, we're doing those things. But um, yeah, unfortunately, we're still short and uh, we appreciate everybody's patience, but that's just kind of where we are. Right. And, and I just want to go back because we've had people who have, who have just flat out said, you guys knew this was going to happen. You, this is just poor planning. But for instance, the 750 that we ordered back in April, yep. we just heard from HP that they're not even going to deliver. And this is the manufacturer that they're not even going to have those shipping until probably mid-December. Yeah. And that's the problem is the, you know, the way it works is a vendor says, here's my ETA. So they provide me an ETA, you know, we'll get these by August. Right. And they're, they're being told that ETA from, from the manufacturer. Well, HP finally did come out and say, listen, we're not meeting what we're telling you. Um, right now, those, the estimates from HP, which is unfortunately the Chromebook that we use, but it's, it's not unique to HP. It's, it's all manufacturers are now, um, looking at December. That being said, that's why I'm going through right now, three different vendors. Um, one of them being the one that the CDE has been working with to get some devices out to students. So hopefully they have, I don't know, I want to say a better place in line, maybe. Maybe these orders that they've somehow escalated above me because of scale. Um, and we're hoping to get those sooner. They may not be the same device that we're used to seeing, but they will be a very capable Chromebook. And, and even now, though, with, with that in play, we're talking dozens versus hundreds, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. A couple of dozen, but these are going to go to those waiting lists, to those people that we know absolutely need them. The ones that really have nothing, no other option right now. Right. Right. So, and you know, this kind of goes back to, to the whole idea of, um, internet capability because we can put a computer in the hand of a child, but we can't make sure that they can log on with that computer. And I, Last spring and then coming into this fall, I know that we were working on some um, outdoor access points. Um, what What's going on with internet connectivity with our kids? So touch on the outdoor access points first. We got all those all that equipment in a, 
about a week, maybe 10 days ago. And um, our team has been working on that. Dan Gustafson primarily is leading that charge. Um, thank goodness for those guys. Uh, we have those outdoor access points installed, I believe, at two, if not three sites now. We still have another 10 or so to go. But um, the high school now, as of, I think, Thursday of last week, and then Margaret Keating as of Friday of last week, um, now has their parking lots again covered by by wireless. And so we'll be communicating that out. And you know, I don't know what site's next. He's leading the charge. I, I think it may be sunset, um, but we're trying to hit those those large population centers and then also those outlying areas first. Right. Well, and and these access points are relatively unique for Del Norte because we've never done that before. No, we've always kept everything kind of inside our walls. And now we're, we're specifically taking a very, a very robust um, industrial grade wireless access point that's intended specifically to broadcast outside. Um, these are large units, physically, you know, large antennas, um, and it's pushing our wireless out into the parking lot. So at the high school, as an example, that S-Wing parking lot is where now we have um, amazing coverage. So please come if you are struggling with connectivity at home, maybe you're one of three children and you're all at the Zoom at the same time and your your home bandwidth just isn't cutting it. You're having glitchiness. If one of you can make it down to that parking lot during that time, we can assure you that in that parking lot in the S-Wing, um, if you can't get on campus, you can be in your car in the parking lot. Um, maybe you want to be outside because it's hot right now and that's totally fine. <laughs> um, the wireless is going to be good there. So how far do those push out? You know, because I'm sitting here thinking before... I could walk around a campus and I would get some Wi-Fi signal outside. You know, maybe when I pulled up in front of of, um, of Sunset, I was getting a little bit. I could see it on my phone. What? How far are these things pushing out? Are they pushing out twenty feet, fifty feet, a hundred feet, a hundred plus? Um, so. I don't have the speed test in front of me right now, but uh, we had really solid, great, high high connectivity and good bandwidth. Um, four four and a half parking lot rows away so basically almost from the entrance of the high school when you first drive into the parking lot right past the gravel when you get to the paved parking lot pretty much to the edge there so with with some level of confidence basically the entire s-wing parking lot in front there of the high school as an example so that's pretty cool Mm -hmm. so i mean i you know and so it really is about getting there so we just encourage folks if you if you don't have that internet capability at home or that bandwidth, and you can get to that parking lot. And it doesn't just have to be one child out of four, right? You could put them all in the car or the van and take them all down there, um, then access that. And and, and again, I, I think it's important for everybody to know what the investment is. So when we're talking about these access points, you said we ordered how many again? Eight? No, 15. Oh, 15. Enough to cover every one of our school sites. And then with some... You know, if we need an additional one somewhere, once we get all 13 deployed, we have two others to place in specific locations right. when we find that need. And how much are these each? Uh, I don't know each, but we are over 50,000 total uh, just in the equipment. Um, so there's a lot of bits and bobs and pieces and brackets and lightning arresters. And we've got the maintenance department helping us out. Um, you know, thanks to those folks for stepping up and our electrician to, to help us get these installed, you know, correctly. And, and, and the cool thing is these are ours, you know forever. These aren't the ones right. we had in the spring. Yeah, in the spring, we just had some trial. We had some loaners that were literally right. kind of hanging out there um, right. for a couple of weeks. So these these will be here for the foreseeable future. Well, and, and again, I think that's just kind of indicative of where we've been forced through COVID to go, right? These wire, these uh, outdoor access points and even all the computers that we've ordered. I mean, we're, we're pushing almost a million dollars. Well over now, yeah. Just in the purchase of technology. Yep. Yeah. So... 
and it's it's big it's big money but it's so important you know right. um it's so important and i just wish i wish we could have those computers here but um you know jumping back to the ap's i i've i've spoken to quite a few parents and i i absolutely want to recognize that um sitting in a car in a parking lot maybe isn't you know the best environment possible absolutely and we recognize that again but that being said we're just trying to do everything we can within the bounds of what we have uh, the ability to do, um, to, to get better coverage. Right. So we're taking all those steps. It's, it's another level to maybe get, get a frontier or a charter or another vendor to, to run more power poles or more, um, you know, underground fiber to an area of the Crescent city that doesn't have connectivity right now. That's a little bit more outside where I have control. So what we're doing is everything where we do have control. Well, and we, we've talked about other options. We've, we've talked about a tower. You know, I know there's some towns down south um, that they've gone in and they've gotten grants or whatever that they've put up towers. So you have kind of that microwave piece. Um, or um, we've talked about partnering with other entities and putting one of our own access points that has our own um, uh, security measures on there so that kids can use it at other locations. But all of those things are, number one, they're very expensive, more expensive than the million plus we've already spent. Um, and they are months away. I know the Yurok uh, tribe is talking about putting up some uh, some towers to expand broadband throughout Klamath. Um, but, I mean, we, we hit lots of barriers as we try to go forward. Yeah, geographic barriers yep. as number one, but then just the time. I mean, some of this stuff is, is you know, best case scenario, all hands on deck, 100% approval, clearance, all the red tape. You know, there's a lot of it. And, you know, again, not excuses, just realities. Um, we could put every effort we had into this only and we still wouldn't recognize any major benefit for, for months, best case. Right. I mean, it could be early next year, early or spring, late spring before we did it and then school's over. Um, so kind of talking about the internet piece, you know, one of the other issues that's come up in the past, well, it's come up twice um, where we've had issues with our um, students sharing links that were created by teachers and then having, we'll say some inappropriate images uh, shared. Um, and we know that no system is perfect, uh, but our system has worked pretty well, um, given the number of meetings and given the number of things that have gone on. We don't want to minimize that any child has been exposed to um, uh, graphic images or graphic audio. But um, how many how many thousands of meetings have we had? I think we're approaching somewhere around eight or nine thousand. Um, I know it was seven thousand a couple of days ago. Um a lot. And that's just, just really in three and a half weeks. Right? right. I mean, we haven't, we haven't, it feels maybe a little bit longer, but, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, it, it really has been quite a bit. Yeah. So. And, and we've had two instances that we're, that we're aware of that we've been made aware of. Um, but we've been talking about a fix. Yep. And, and I think this is a fix that will take care of most of those issues. I think it'll help our teachers immensely. I think it'll make, it's another layer of protection for our students and families, but it also comes with some very inherent um, difficulties for for families. So, can you share with us, Ryan, what the fix is, and then we'll talk a little bit about what the um, how how we're going to help families through the process. Yeah. So, 
you're absolutely right. With any anytime you add an additional layer of of security or anything extra, there's also that that trade off, right? That convenience right. that may be there now um, goes away to some degree. So so what the fix is is it's called forcing authentication, and what that means is that we will be implementing um, settings within Zoom that mandate that only authenticated users within certain email domains are allowed to join our Del Norte County School Zoom meetings. We control two email domains, delnorte.k12.ca.us, that's our staff one, and then mydnschools.org, which is what all students use. And so what we'll be doing is basically forcing every single email within those two email domains, which we all control, um, to have to be authenticated to Zoom, which means no longer, if, for an example, a link that was sent out from a Zoom meeting was inappropriately shared with people that shouldn't be there, they could not join without having control of one of those email addresses, which nobody should have access to anybody else's email address. That's right. And, and those email addresses, and I think this kind of goes to some of the training and, and the conversation that we're going to have to have with families, is one child has one email address that's unique to them that they're given upon enrollment in our schools. Um part of our user agreement, technology use agreement, is that they don't share that email or their password with anyone else other than their parent. Correct. Right. Correct. Yeah. Parents obviously have access to, you know, they're still your child. It's you have access to their educational record. And part of that educational record is, is their email account. And so. And quite honestly, I know for some parents it feels like prying, but that is school. So we do encourage families or parents to know their child's email, to know their child's uh, login information, because we want you to make sure through our system, um, we we do all the filtering. We make sure that kids don't have necessarily access to that stuff through our technology. Right. Um, but families need to be able to take a look and see what's on their child's email to see what's coming through from teachers to see who they may be conversing with. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and it's really important that, you know, again, we've talked about it a lot, you know, we're all, we're all in this together and really, you know, the parents are our teachers um, at home right now in this environment. And so, um, you know, again, what's going to happen is those Zoom links that you are getting now, your child's getting, whether that's, you know, if you're, you know, K-1-2 preschool or maybe you're getting it a link in, in Seesaw. Um, if you're maybe you're getting it in Classroom, maybe you're getting it emailed directly to you or, or in Canvas, one of our platforms. Those links are going to going to still be there the same way. You're going right. to click on it. All you're going to be asked to do is is log in, really. And so you'll just be asked to log in and you'll have to log in with your students, uh, mydnschools.org email address. So this this change is going to be coming into effect, you know, in the next week and we'll be communicating the, the exact day. And so, you know, again, we've had all best practices in place, right? You know, asking you to use your first and last name, um, turning your camera on, but we also recognize that not everybody ha maybe has a camera. Maybe you don't have right. that option. And so um, this is that additional layer that um, we are, we're taking this step to make sure we remain as, as safe and secure as we, as we possibly can. You know, because I think that again, um, like you said, it's a matter of convenience and we're at this point, we're weighing convenience versus safety. And, and we're also, we were also at a point where, um, there was no way to provide direct instruction 
for a child or for a family on how to log in with a verified account because we didn't have children on campus. So I think that's part of our timing issue too, is next week we'll be able to bring, we're, we're bringing students on, right? Yes. Um, if we operationalize this, I would say earlier midweek next week, then teachers have an opportunity to really show children, especially our youngest ones who aren't used to using that email account, how to use that, how to log in. Um, and then we can also have some conversations with parents and and get other protocols out to them on, on assisting them on logging in. Right. Because again, this is kind of an all or none thing. So the folks out there realize that, you know, for a parent te- teacher conference, as an example, you right. know, we're not going to be allowing your 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 Gmail or your Hotmail or your Yahoo account or your AOL account. Um, if you know you use one of those, um, no judgment. Uh, it's uh, that's that's not going to be available, right? You're going to have to use one of these validated domain emails, which means you're going to have to join these with your student's email account, and we'll be communicating that. And so that's that's important for families to know as well. Oh, exactly. And, and then also for community members, you know, the other thing we do have is we work with a lot of community partners, um, Remy Vista or CASA or um, people from the County of Del Norte Social Services. And part of the process is not only allowing the my DN schools or download.k12.ca.us or dncusd or whatever else we have out there. Right. Um, but it's also allowing these verified partners who have the same safety protocols and who have the same standard of care for kids as we do to join in these these meetings as well because we know we're going to have to have these folks on board for IEPs, for SSTs, for uh, for a variety of reasons. Yeah, so we're collecting that list right now. I'm working with our partners and, you know, with Mr. Harris and obviously our special education department to identify those specific email domains that we want to allow, that we know are trusted, that we know are verified, that we want to, because we still have to, you know, run business, right? We still have to have these these IEP meetings. We still have to have outside entities take part because it is a obviously community education. Right. And I think the important thing is at that point, when a student logs in or a parent logs in or an outside agency logs in, with a verified account, um, we'll be able to know that that is the person. And when it comes down to tracing an event that happens, we can identify it to a particular account, to a particular IP address, to a particular person. And that really narrows down and focuses where we are instead of potentially somebody who through right now, when we go to research an event that happens, it may show that they logged in through um, some server in Nepal. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Using VPNs and, and you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and swear that every system will be ever 100%, right? right. We, we have, we've had these practices in place. We've run well over 9,000 meetings in the last three and a half weeks. Um, again, this is, this is a minimal, it's still a very, very, very big deal. And it's what I don't sleep about. Um, which is why we're taking these steps, but, um, I can't guarantee anything, you know, the internet's a scary place. I'm never not going to say that, you know, and so, um, caution must be taken, but these are the additional steps we're putting in place to, to alleviate as much as we possibly can. Well, and it's the possibility probability piece, right? Is it possible? Yes. Even with the additional steps, but with each additional step comes a less probability exactly. that it's going to happen. Exactly. So, and, and again, just like we're really focused on staff and students' physical safety because of where we are right now with COVID-19 and everything else, um, we also need to work on their focusing on their um, 
digital safety. Yeah, now more than ever. I mean, we're in this, you know, yes, we're bringing students back in, in a few days, but that's still three days a week where you're not on campus, right? That's so right. these Zoom meetings are going to continue. Um, they're still going to be happening, you know, every day. And so... Well, and even more than that, I, we've right. had the conversation too, that this is going to be a, I think, a watershed moment in education when technology isn't a novelty or technology is not just something that sits in the classroom that we get whenever we're done with the other learning. Right. This now has become a core part of learning and will probably be embedded in ways that we never thought it would be for decades to come. Yeah. And it's only going to benefit our students, even our youngest students. And I know it's a struggle. I've had many conversations, especially with our amazing kindergarten teachers, um, more power to them. I don't know how they do it. I really don't. Um, yeah, I just, I so much, you know, respect for what they do. Getting a kindergartner to log into their school district email is, is going to be a, another learning thing that they have Absolutely. to do. But the, just like, just like your letters, just like your numbers, just like knowing how to spell your name. I think the digital literacy piece, that email account is such a crucial core component of education. It's what is going to stick with this student through their entire uh, K-12 here at Del Norte schools, you right. know, and the sooner they know that, the better it hinges. So many of our products hinge off off an email address for the students. So it's just going to benefit them. Well, and I think, again, that's where our families become a real trusted partner in this as well, because while the teacher can show the child at school how to do that, um, it really is also extremely important for the parent or the guardian to know how to do that, because you'll be reinforcing that at home, right? You'll be, you'll be tech support when your child doesn't know how to log in. Um, and you know, so as we kind of roll that out next week, just understand that it's not to make things harder. It's not to raise an anxiety level. Hopefully it's to make that safer environment. It's to decrease anxiety and it's to really protect our kids more and more in this kind of virtual environment. Exactly. So speaking really quickly, and we're almost out of time about tech support, um, Ryan, I just want to thank you and your staff. You've answered thousands of thousands. calls, yes. thousands of calls. What, what, what are some of the things that are still out there that folks are wondering most about? Um, I think our biggest one right now is, is, and I, I did want to touch on this and I'm, I'm glad I got this tiny opportunity. I'm going to try to make this quick, you know. My zoom crashed. Um, it's glitchy. The audio is a little weird. Uh, those kind of things. Again, no silver bullets here. Zoom and any video conferencing platform is a resource intensive thing, right? You're you're streaming audio, you're streaming video, you're using a lot of you know compute resources, you're using a lot of bandwidth. Um, we're aware of it. There isn't always there isn't always a solution. Right. Uh, just to be frank, the Chromebooks are amazing devices. They're not the most powerful systems in the world. It's why we can get thousands of them relatively inexpensively. Right? Um, they do an amazing job with what they do. Google is aware of this. Google obviously runs Chrome OS, which runs on the Chromebooks. And actually, an update came out yesterday. Um, that a new update to Chrome was specifically to address some of the issues with video conferencing on Chromebooks. So we're hoping that that's going to help and we're continuing to monitor and make adjustments on the back end to try to make Zoom run as smoothly as we possibly can. And are those updates automatic? Is there anything a family needs to do? The updates run install automatically in the background, it does require the device to actually be restarted. So not just close the lid, but actually go to shut down, um, down in the low, lower right hand corner, uh, click the little uh, system tray where the clock is and choose shut down and then restart and, and the updates will install. 
Perfect. Well, Ryan, thanks for the time. I know that you guys are really busy. You're still, like we said, getting that wireless access points. You're still um, taking those phone calls, processing. Well, and we didn't even get to processing the computers for teachers because not only are we working for tech for students, we're also getting more up-to-date tech out for our staff as well. Yeah, and that's happening right now. Actually, half my team is focused on that the rest of this week is really just getting this new new teacher computers out because again, they also need the, the best devices possible to be successful. So we're getting those out into people's hands as quickly as we can. Yeah. And, and just really quickly, I think you shared with me that in order to take a computer out, sit down with the teacher, walk them through the processes, make sure that we've got everything off their old computer onto their new computer right. and that they're good to go. It's about an hour and a half, two hour process. Easily. Yeah. Cause we don't, we're not just going to drop it off and run. We want to make sure that we leave and they're hundred percent ready to go. Right. And so it, it does take some time, but that's, that's what we do. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and you do it well. We try. So again, um, just a little update on, on tech and where we're going on some other security measures. And we want to thank everybody for, um, for partnering with us and for having the conversations with our tech department when you've had issues with the computer. Um, remember, your computer will be getting an upgrade or an update. So make sure that you are shutting it down, turning it back on. That's how that's going to install. And we hope everybody has a great week. Thanks. 